Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. Trevor, Biebs, we're going through the best signings and we're going to find out what's your guys' favorite signings from this offseason. Let's go. Let's go. Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. Jake Storielli, Trevor Plouffe, BBD on the ones and twos. Joms, last day of vacation. I actually, he's probably on the Big Bird back right now. Um, he'll be you here. You don't know t- that. Be here tomorrow on the ground. Yeah, maybe he stayed. Maybe he's about that island life now. I don't know. Crack a couple breakdowns on the beach, baby. Uh, Trev, out in Magnum Condom Studio. Um, well, the show is genuinely presented by Seeky, Code Talking. Get yourself $20 off your order. Not an official sponsor. Trevor Plouffe coming live from the Magnum Condom Studio. <laughs> not official. That's not, not a, We're talking. really official. Everyone's talking. talking. Wow, you know what? Every time I get to strap it up with you boys and talk ball, I get excited. You and I, Jake, were texting uh, really late last night, especially for you on the East Coast, and we're going over the episode, and we're saying, you know what? I'd like to open it up uh, a little bit to the AMP people. They've been with us uh, on Talking Baseball for like a month or so now, kind of getting used to that whole thing, and um, sometimes you got to let the people speak. So I'm excited to hear the questions we get from them. But first, yeah, we're going to go over our favorite free agent signings, which I think I don't think there's going to be any real surprises there, I don't, unless you got one. I feel like some of the things I'm going to talk about, you're like, oh yeah, no, no kidding, bro. Right. Uh, but it's good. It's good to get into them and really give these guys and these teams uh, praise because you know we don't always do that in the offseason. Sometimes we're pointing fingers, this and that. But these teams that we're going to talk about uh, deserve a little bit of praise. Yeah, and I, you know, obviously as we wind down, it's February 1st, pitchers and catchers report, about two weeks on the nose. Very exciting. Um, Yeah, I I just thought this would be a fun way to chop it up because I, talking to you already, I already learned one thing, and I kind of wanted to break it up into a a big signing in a a medium or a small or something like that because, you know, Aaron Judge, Good signing. I'm so happy he is back on my Yankees. I'll be honest with you. Um, but I, I think if we compare that, you know, to some of the other signings, you you know, Carlos Correa, I don't know. Six years, 200 compared to those nine years of judge and a couple extra. I have no idea how that's going to age out for the big fella. There's an argument either way. So I wanted to kind of break it up. The nine-figure contracts, nine-figure Ian Happ, you know, that'll be next offseason. Um there were nine guys that got over $100 million. And by the way, quick reminder, I know normally it loses the public, but God, that's so much money. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, Trend. I mean, any of these any of these contracts we're talking about, Jeff McNeil, people are like, oh, he's shorted himself. <laughs> this mother just got 50 mil. 50 mil. That's insane. <laughs> Who is I mean, your? <laughs> I got a fun game. Who is like your richest teammate? It's pr- probably Mauer. Yeah. Uh, it's it's funny because we used to get pay stubs, and some guys would get actual checks. Most guys we had direct deposit, uh, but you'd still get the stub. 
And every two weeks, uh, Joe would walk around. He'd be like, oops. And he'd like <laughs> drop his stubs on the floor when you're walking by. Nice. <laughs> it was a lot every two weeks. Yeah. Good for Seven him. figures. Was, Seven figures every two weeks. Was he flashy at all? I know you've given us some Joe Maurer, but I mean, it was. No. Yeah. Like, not at all. And you know what? <laughs> it it made me mad sometimes with yeah. Joe because I wanted him to to be that person. And then sometimes you're just like, bro, are you really this humble and nice? And he is. Yeah. He yeah. is. I mean, the whole family's great. And, it, and he just, yeah, I mean, he drove a Mercedes. But it wasn't like some flashy right. Mercedes, you know, like his brother owned a dealership. So he'd be, he'd, he'd also drive cars from that. And, you know, it's just, he's the best, dude. He's the best. Well, little Joe Mauer early. Uh, oh. Trev, there were nine guys. Edwin Diaz, Brandon Nimmo, Carlos Rodon. Rodon? How do we not know that one? I think Rodon. Confirm Rodon. The Yankees at his press conference are oh, giving a no. firm Rodon. Now we're, now we're back to controversy. Oh, no. <laughs> we thought we had one. Dansby Swanson, Jacob deGrom, Carlos Correa, Xander Bogarts, Trey Turner, and Aaron Judge. Funny enough, the uh, the one that just misses, not just misses the list, but the closest to 100 spot was Masataka Yoshida, who I, I know, Trevor, we were just talking a little bit about some of the projections that are coming out for these guys, and sheesh, Yoshida, I think they projected him with like a 388 on base. Um, wow. If, if he does that, good on you, kid. Um, let's see, but... Trev, of all the big boy contracts, the dust is settled, it's done. Ray assigned, Judge got done, DeCrom's lurking in there. Of all of those, which one is your favorite contract? I know everyone's on the edge of their seat right now. Who's he going to pick? But I want to talk first on Correa and Judge because I really think those two are probably the most impactful. Uh, for the same reasons I talk about Correa and the Twins, like if, if he wasn't with the twins, where would the twins be? And a lot of people shared my sentiment uh, when I went to Twins Fest with that. I feel the same way with Judge. If Judge signs somewhere else, right. I know the Yankees have a good team and 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 they signed Rodon or Rodin, whatever yeah. we're calling him. I'm calling him Rodon. I'm sorry. We got some prospects close there. But without Judge, the identity really isn't there for the Yankees. So I think both those teams, the twins and the Yankees, who are just so connected for some reason on our show, I think those are the, probably the two biggest, most impactful signings because without those two players on either of those teams, respectively, they don't really have direction. And I don't know if you agree with me on the Yankee side. I know I'm right on the twin side. Uh, the Yankees part of it, there was I don't, symbolism is a word I haven't used since high school English, so I can't believe that's is that a tough I'm, word for you. It's just something I would never say. <laughs> Um, and I don't think I'm using it right, but the Yankees, man, the New York Yankees, the Steinburner, like the, we're the Yankees, like free, we signed the best for, like go through those two thousands, like, Oh, Giambi's the top free agent. Well, we're going to sign him. Like the Yankees, if they had let judge walk, there was something franchise wise that was like, Oh, like it, it, this was a changing of the guard. The guy just broke the home run record. Uh, that if he left for another team in free agency, the Yankees would be looked at differently. Uh, I think a lot of young fans already do, and it, it was kind of an early struggle with us when we were doing Talking Yanks. But, because um, a lot of young fans haven't, you know, 
if you're 20 years old, you you haven't seen the Yankees just rack up titles. <laughs> like that's, you know, if you miss that 90s, there's been one title since then. So uh, there is a lot of the kids that they don't view the Yankees through the same scope. And if Aaron Judge had gone, you know, that just would have changed the franchise. So I see what you're saying there. We've talked about Correa a little bit. I'll I'll jump in and cut you off because I know you have a however coming. I still think Correa is the best signing of the six figures. Like, I, I know there's the injury risk, and we obviously don't know the medicals, the medicals that got turned down by two teams. But he ends up going back to the team he was with last year, so it's not like it's a team taking a random flyer on him just like, hoping he stays healthy. The The Twins were somewhat calculated here. They had him last year. And compared to these other contracts, it's six years and it's $200 million, which, hey, Judge, Turner, Bogarts, DeGrom, all of these guys have risk of injury too. It's a physical sport. Uh, and your body can kind of give out at any time. So with all of that in the pot and like you're saying, the Twins, the direction of this franchise could have been totally different. They kind of stayed the course, even got more aggressive. I think it's going to pay off for them this year, and I think it's already paid off for, with them for bringing in Correa, who's also younger than all those guys, too. Yeah, and they do. They love him. They know his character, and he walked in there and made an impression from day one um, and continues to um, now that he's back. So, uh, okay. So, Judge, Correa, those aren't going to be our answers. I'm going to give you mine. Unless you're going to step in again. Please. My favorite nine-figure free agent signing. I don't think it's going to come as a surprise to talking baseball fans. Because I have mentioned how much I love watching this guy play. Uh, it's going to trade Turner mm. in the Philadelphia Phillies. Mm. He ends up getting, let's get, I want to get this right here. 11 years, 300 M's, his average salary I don't know how this happens or why they do it. 27, 27, 27, 27. 27 M's. Average salary. He's going to be there until he's 40 years old. The reason I like this for the Phillies so much is, you know, they they put together a good roster last year. And at the beginning of last year, we talked about, uh, you know, they're going to be defensively challenged. Like the, the they have some high-end starting pitching, but we have some question marks uh, in the bullpen and, and the depth of the rotation. Uh, let's, let's see what this team can do. They're not going to play any defense whatsoever. They're going to go bang the ball around. It didn't look that great in Philly all year long. Like we were wondering what was going on. Then Bryce Harper ends up getting hurt and we, we basically put him to sleep last year. Uh, then they have that run that they go on. They sneak into the playoffs, get it all the way to the world series and end up losing to the Astros. That'd be all nice, but I think going into the following year, you could probably, if you're a Phillies fan, you could probably say, well, we kind of got lucky last year. Like the run we went on, I know we're going to have Bryce for the whole year this year, um, but you know, we there's no sure thing that that's going to happen again for us. Like we, we could easily fall back to, you know, in that tough division, like I could, they could see the Phillies falling back and kind of having like a year where things don't all go as planned or, or surprise uh, runs like they went on without Harper. But then you add a guy like Trey Turner and it just sets you in motion. Like it's world series or bust. Like it really changes the mentality of that organization and all the players in there. 
without a guy like Trey Turner, without a big signing like that, you're going into the year saying, we got a lot of work to do to get back there. When you sign Trey Turner, you're like, holy shit, like we expect to get back there now. It's a different mentality. And the things we all know what he brings to the game. You know, some of the defensive numbers aren't great on him, but watch the guy play. And even he said uh, himself, like, if I wanted my defensive numbers to get better, they could get better. Right. And I know that sounds flippant and like arrogant, but it's true because I I have a guy I can set him up with that'll cha- Mark Simon, shout out Mark, that'll little change all of his de- defensive numbers with just a little bit of positioning. So I believe it, I believe in that. I think he is a quality defender. And then we know what he brings on the offensive side of the ball. He's over a 300 career hitter. He's going to hit leadoff for them most likely. Um, the guy is electric on the field. He is my favorite player in baseball to watch because he's just good at everything. You watch him play day in and day out. Like he, You're going to see a ball player. If he's not doing it offensively, you're going to see some stuff on the base pass or, or, or defensively. Like he brings it every day, and he brings a different type of energy. Um. I think that he 100% changed the mentality, even though they went to the World Series last year. Everything is different when you sign a player like Trey Turner. So for that reason, he's my favorite large contract free agent signing of the offseason. I love it, Trev. I I knew you liked Trey Turner. I, I didn't I didn't fully know you were there, man. I Trey Turner, the one thing I'll say, like you mentioned, he can do everything on a baseball field. He's one of the guys that when he when he turns on a homer, I always let out a little ooh. Like I, I forget Trey, like, you know, you know he swipes bags. You know he's gonna hit a little a little a lot of bit actually and play some yeah. defense. But when he turns on one, you're like, damn, all right, Trey Turner. Um I'm trying to remember the series of, of events. Was he was the first big contract, right? Kind it was early. The first, like, like big one. Because I, I remember that kind of starting the chain reaction a little bit, and that's where <clears throat> comparing him to Bogarts, you got, you know, similar contracts there. Same amount of years. Uh, Bogarts is like $2 million less per year, a little less than that. So in the scope of everything, they're pretty similar. I, I would lean Trey Turner out of those two. I, I think his versatility over the years can play out a little more. Um, and I, I just like him slightly more as a ball player than Bogey, who, you know, Bogey might just shove that up my butt this year and the next couple years. Um, and then Dansby, it, it, you know, going back to the whole shortstop class, the, the, the Cubbies took their chance, and I... I like that contract, but I'm also they're paying him more per year than than Bogarts. Um, as I got that right. Oh no, excuse me, it's just a little less. So I don't know on on that scale. If you're talking about all this money that we're shelling out, I don't know. I I think I think when we originally did kind of some of the shortstop pegging charts of where this was going to sort out, I love I love that you love Turner. For me, in, in this exercise, I'd, I'd still take Correa, especially where the numbered land and injuries and all that. And then it's funny, like, for some reason, I'm more comfortable with Dansby at 7 for 177 than Bogey at 11 for 280. Maybe there's some rooted Yankees hate there. Maybe I just want Padres fans to come at my neck, but um, that's just how I feel about it. 
I, I think in 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 these four with these four shortstops, I think there was it's Carlos Correa and Trey Turner one A one B Bogey and then Dansby. I think those two at the top separate themselves. I I, I know these these are all excellent players. We're talking elite elite players here, uh, but when you get down to the nitty gritty, man, I I want the ball hit to Trey. I want Trey up at bat with a, a, a big situation up. You can say the same thing about Correa. I mean, you can say the same thing about all these guys. But in my mind, man, Trey Turner is. I could be. I don't know. When I watch him play, I think he's the best of those four. I just said one A, one B, but I think he's he's tops for me. Can I ask a dumb question? Have we completely psyched ourselves out of Degrom? Like. I realize there's some injury risk. The the last few years, you know, his and over the last three seasons, the most starts he's had is 15 in 2021. Obviously, the 2020 shortened season hurts him. He was there for the whole shortened season, but this is a guy who he's he's going to be 35 in the summer. So he's 34 now to start the year. He got started pitching late, so the mileage on his arm might be different. That when he's out on the mound, and last year was kind of like a rehab regular season. Like, that's how they, you know, his 11 starts last year at only a 308. He was basically rehabbing at the big league level. I mean, there's a chance this could be a ridiculous contract for Texas. And I, I guess we've just done so much of the, like, I don't pitchers, they get hurt, I don't know, that I feel like we've all psyched ourselves out on it. I have not psyched myself out on Jacob DeGrom. Okay. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, clearly, that's not your answer, so we can just yeah. uh, wrap on DeGrom a little bit. I think what Texas did this offseason has been absolutely incredible. You go back to last year and who they signed. You know They, they bring in uh, Simeon and Seager, but they still need pitching, and they went out and bought a whole rotation. They brought in Eovaldi. They brought in Heaney, Odorizzi, and freaking Jacob DeGrom. I mean, kept Perez too. And Martin Perez, they kept on the qualifying offer, right? Yep. Is that what it was? That's incredible. Like, we need to applaud the Texas Rangers. Clip that if you want, because I don't think I've ever said that. Mm. We need to applaud the Texas Rangers, their front office, for the things that they have done over the last two years. Everyone talks about the Mets and how quickly Uncle Steve has turned that franchise around and put and built a winner. The Texas Rangers haven't won yet. They haven't had, I mean, the, the Mets won 101 games last year. The Rangers did not. I think we're going to be seeing that from them this year. Not 100 games, but definitely a competitive team. And you don't usually see that turnaround as quickly uh, as they've done it. I haven't really thought about like the over-under on the Rangers yet. We haven't done their TPP yeah. yet. I mean, they're at worst a 500 team, in my opinion. I guess we'll have to find out uh, when when the TPPs start rolling rolling out. When's the first one go? Beach? The first you one know? releases February sixteenth, so a week okay. or two weeks mm. from tomorrow. Okay, as we're recording this TPP season sneaking up, Trev. I I want to I want to start going to more of the value signings, and and like you said, we've said some of these names, especially when they happened. Um, oh, you just check your chest. You all right? The shadow on me right now. <laughs> uh, I don't know if we want to call them value signings or just, I, you know, 
like we said, any of the big guys, you're going to love. Um, Wait, did you give your guy? I kind of told you my answer was going to be Correa, and you kind of just threw it out like I couldn't use that. But the fact that he he's the only guy that signed for less money than like what we thought he would sign for this offseason, and he's the youngest of the crew, and what it means to Minnesota, like I'm, ta- I'm taking it. Okay. That's fine. I mean, I love that answer. And I just, I, I mean, wax poetically about him all last episode. So I think, I'm you, in. Just, I think you just want to hear me say it again. And the, and the salaries on those like years seven to 10 that vest are very reasonable. If he's still there and doing it. And, and kind of even if he's not, like those numbers are not going to be a problem. Can I tell you real quick? Tell us. I don't think he'll be included on my list of hot boys. Oh. I don't think he's on that level yet. Maybe in the sugar daddy portion of it, because I'd like to do that. Yeah. But there was something going on with him when he walked in the room. Like really? I liked the way he dressed. Tall. You like that. Like he had he had he had a nice style to him. A beautiful family. Like the guy's got it going on. And it's interesting when you get up close and personal with with the guy. You know, I've only played against him. And uh, we've wrapped together on the base pass before. Uh, but when you get a little FaceTime one-on-one, things change. And you know what they say? Yeah. You know, it's like when when you might hate a guy when you're playing against him, and he puts on your jersey, things completely change. I never hated Carlos Correa, but seeing him in a Twins uniform, walking around Target Field, makes you feel a different way about somebody. I think he's got a chance. We get him in his early 30s. Like 33, Carlos Correa. Like the money's really set in. You know, the outfits he starts heading like, you know, Edwin Encarnacion, Johnny Cueto. Like I think the swag ticks up. I I think he's going to be a hot boy, rich daddy. He'll age well. Yeah, you know, and, and hey, gosh, we're just going to go on in on Carlos Correa. But talk about like, you know, an image and, and trying to repair an image. You know, obviously he's caught up in the uh, the, the Astros thing and people will always associate him uh, with that. But you go to Minnesota, the, you know, Minnesota, everyone's, you know, it's the good old boys over there in Minnesota. They're, they're all nice there. I think that's going to really help his image. And then people have seen him like on MLB Network. Yeah. And he's very articulate and he's smart. And he, and even when we were, you know, sitting around the, in the clubhouse, it was like me, him, Gallo and Farmer. Mm. And we're just talking ball. We're talking hitting and we're talking, you know, scouting reports and, 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 you know, what we should be focusing on. And the guy is just, it's a ball player and he's very smart. And I'm going to stop there because I was going to make a comparison oh, wow. and I just don't want to go there. But yeah, no, he's, he's key, bro. Trev, I want to do a couple of the more valuable signings because, you know, there's a couple of these one, two year guys that, you know, at that level, you're talking more fit and what it does for that franchise. You know, one one year, two years, you got a hole, you plugged it, the value of the contract, uh, a couple guys we've already mentioned. A guy that we've been mentioning on Talking Baseball, and we're going to mention a lot more this year, Blue Moon. Go get yourself some Blue Moon. Talk about value. I mean, Blue Moon, you get you get that big boy beer taste. Big boy beer taste. That's not in their read. You'd be shocked to hear I made that up. But they can have that if they want They can have that. Um, And it goes with baseball, man. I've told you I've been Mm. to the brewery out in Denver. If you go out there to see the Rocks play some 500 ball this year, 
Go swing by there. It's one of the best spots in town. The iconic orange slice. Iconic's become one of my favorite words. And Blue Moon has that. I think the story is, like, the, the guy that was originally slinging Blue Moon would, like, go around with oranges and, like, do, like, a demo. And that's kind of how he won. And now they're one of the biggest beers in the world. Blue Moon... They aren't just another beer. It's a whole different experience. A little, oh, my God, Trev, it's the summer. Mm. A little orange peel. You're on the back patio. Oh, show Frosty mug. That mug is frosty, baby. (laughs) And you guys, why don't you start your spring training? Because that's going to be here soon. But right now, you could order some Blue Moon to get through the winter feeling and get through to spring training. Get.bluemoonbeer.com slash baseball. Get.bluemoonbeer.com slash baseball. Get it delivered. Stay at home. Listen to us. Play some show. Whatever you like to do. Celebrate responsibly. Blue Moon Brewing Co. Golden Colorado Ale. Um, You know what? Yeah. We need more Frosty Mugs. I feel like Frosty Mugs had a run for a while. Then everyone's like, nah, we're over the Frosty Mug. Bring the Frosty Mug back. I wonder if that was like a Taffer thing. I wonder if there was like a bar inefficiency. So now bars are doing that less or something. Because a frosty muck. A bar. I mean, you just put them in the freezer. <laughs> like, hey, it's not like. I agree. It's not rocket science. <laughs> We're on your side. All right. Trev, who are your frosty mug free agent signings? I don't even want to call these guys mid because that's the opposite of what they are. And I think I've kind of referenced um, these signings on Talking Baseball before, and or at least on my Twitter. I know I, when these two guys signed, I was like, is the rest of the league paying attention? Hmm. The Houston Astros seem to be able to just find their puzzle piece. And our good guy, Feo, who's in the chat right now on AMP, I'm looking at him. He's just saying all sorts of things. I think... I think Feo is a, a Bitcoin billionaire. He won't admit it. Mm. He will not admit it, but I think he is. Um, the Houston Astros signing Michael Brantley and Jose Abreu are incredible. And Feo has said, you know, when your team has only one piece to fill, it's easier to do that. You can focus on it, figure it out, and strike. And, and that's exactly what they've done. The Astros had a hole at first base. They needed to fill it. They tried to get Mancini there last year. He's gone. Uh, Guriel's, uh, they're still like thinking about signing him back, I guess. Uh, but they went out and got Jose Abreu and what they gave him was three years, 58. So you're averaging 19 and a half a year and go look at the baseball reference page. People, this guy is a banger and you just watch him put up good at bat after good at bat after good at bat. And that is what, when I think of the Houston Astros lineup, that's what I think about. These guys are hitters, ball players. They put up good at-bats. Oh, yeah, and Michael Brantley, too. You get him back on a one-year deal, I believe. That was the one that was shocking to me. But I think reports came out and they said that he just wanted to be back there. Uh, So you kind of lose a little bit of leverage when you say that or you tell people that. I'm not exactly sure if that's how it went down. Uh, What was his deal? I I had it up. I can't find it. Brantley was one for 13. One for 13. I know he's been bit with the injury bug a little bit, but another, he's another guy that's just an absolute pure hitter. Uh, and you want him around your clubhouse. You want him up in big situations. Um, he's never off balance. In fact, both of those guys are really never off balance. And that, to me, when you look around at the best hitters in the league, 
that's something that you'll notice they all have in common. Very rarely are these guys flailing around the box. They have balance. They don't get fooled. They just see the pitches better and longer than everybody else. So getting these two guys back into a team that really, you know, have they didn't really have many deficiencies, if if any at all, but um, they filled the roster accordingly with these two guys, and they're the World Series favorites right away. And they probably were without them, with Abreu and Brantley, but you add those two guys to the mix, and they're firmly atop my rankings as the best team in baseball right now. Yeah, man. I uh, Part of the reason I wanted to do this exercise was Brantley. And again, like you're saying, I know there's... It's rare, and that's why we normally take the conversation away from it. But, you know, Michael Brandley has done a lot in this league. He's made $100 million. Whoops, that was your basement. Um, you know, he's, he's going to be 36 this year. You know, his free agency wasn't it's, – it's unique. Like, you know, we talk about them every year, the veteran guys that hit free agency and, um, you know, end up – controlling their own destiny more than a lot of players, but Michael Brantley may not want to go play XYZ. Maybe he doesn't want to play in New York City. Maybe he doesn't want to play in Boston. Maybe he doesn't want to play in Toronto. Maybe he doesn't want to play in LA. Maybe he's pretty comfortable in Houston, and if you can get them near the number, he was going to sign there. But my goodness, man, you know, Michael Brantley can have as solid of a season hitting. Think of it. Luis Arias just got traded for two years of Pablo Lopez or three? I guess two. Two years of Pablo two. Lopez. Michael Brantley, uh, you know, he played 64 games last year, and there is an injury factor. I get that. 2021, he hit 311, 362, 799. Like, that's Luis Arias. Uh, and they just got him one year. Like, hey, if it works, we'll have him in the middle of our lineup, uh, and he'll be nasty. Um, Abreu, I remember the only reason I was a slightly more hesitant on him when the number first came out, I remember we were all a little shocked by the years. Everyone just kind of assumed two years. Um, I mean, that being said, the guy doesn't really have any reason to doubt him. Uh, all he's done is hit and play. Well, he is the games played for him, right? He, He doesn't miss games either. Like the guy plays, right? Right. Um, no, I'm Brantley. Jumped off the board for me. I mean, that dude. And like you're saying, him and Abreu, like those guys can, <laughs> those guys could carry a team through the ALDS. <laughs> and you, 100%. it wouldn't be shocking. You'd just be like, oh, yeah. No, those guys rake. Um, and yeah. I, I, Abreu has a career slug over five. His career OBP is 354. I mean, the guy is, he's just a pure hitter. Yeah. Pure hitter. And you know, you know, I love my Cuban ball players. Mm. I do know that. Um, like people, Who you got, Big Daddy? People point to Jose Abreu's homers, like cutting in half last year. And I think, I think Minute Maid can help him get a couple of those back. I, uh, you just, you don't bet against those guys. Um, I, I think there's one I want to hammer, and, and maybe this was sneaky tying it, because I, I know Jim's on this one. He's been saying it recently. But again, when I, I sorted the contracts. I did, I did by total salary. So, you know, you, you really get an idea. Like, you know, 
could Kodai Sanga be great? Like he got a five year contract at seventy five million. Like I in my head I was I was mentally comparing him to Rod- Rodon. Rodone. We're not sure. Um, you know, if Kodai Sang is the truth, his contract is gonna come back and look like one of the most valuables. But I have no idea what that guy's gonna do. And, and that's where I'm going even a tier or two below that. Uh with Nathan Evaldi, man. Mm. Um my God, I, again, I know Joms mentioned it a couple times recently. Don't just look at ERA. I know sometimes I'm as guilty as anyone because this is where we end up talking in circles, right? Because at the end of the day, ERA, earn runs allowed, I very much appreciate that. Pitching in Fenway Park is another world. It's a different habitat. There's a giant left field fence 200 feet out. It's, it's Williamsport. Um, with a giant wall out in left My field. Williams. <laughs> <laughs> he, in a big game, he is dominant. He led. Trev, think about how much, and I'll, now I'll spin it the other way. FIP. We have conversations about FIP and how much, you know, some people love FIP. It's, you know, I think it is a good tool. He what does led FIP mean? Fielding independent pitching. Held it. Hell yeah. I didn't know if it was just field. Um, he was your AL leader in 2021. 32 starts. He had the best FIP, which a lot of people use that as like their strongest measuring of a pitcher. And they just got him, I think, two for 17 or 17 per, excuse me. Like what? I, I'm... I'm starting to do a little Texas two-step here between DeGrom and if last year he built himself up and he is that dude, which I have no doubt on the dude factor. It's just health. Nathan Evaldi, I think he might be... There's a chance I would rank him as, like, the best signing of this offseason. Wow. Go Rangers, go. No, I, I agree. I'm an Eovaldi fan. I think, you know, you talked about Brantley and um, Abreu leading you through a DS. Like, we've seen Eovaldi do it in, in, in a plethora of roles, but obviously he's going to be a starter down there in Texas. Like, the guy can carry a team. He can be your stopper. Now, do you have another one or two in that rotation now? Sure, but uh, Eovaldi to me is always, yeah, a little bit undervalued as a pitcher. I know he's made some coin now. Uh, racking up that those career earnings, but um, I'm with you there. I think that he is can be very dominant for stretches, and I think that that's and he's not exactly going to blow up either. So when you have kind of a a higher floor um, and a high ceiling, that's kind of what you want in the middle of rotation. And by the way, how about uh he's got a he's got a little player player or a vesting option. 300 innings pitched over the next two seasons. So if he puts together two 25-start seasons, he might get close to that. That's interesting to watch. Basically, if he's healthy, they get it the third year. $81 million in his bank account, by the way. That's not including future salary. Mm. So he's going to eclipse $100 million. So is he in half. Man. Hey, let me give you one. And I this is another guy I've talked about on Talking Baseball before. Uh, I'm going to give credit to the Mets here and Uncle Stevie. My guy, David Robertson. Okay. I like another one of these guys who I just can't believe is signing just one year deals. And maybe that's what he wants. 
If you think about him and how old he is now, okay, he's 37. He'll be 38 in the season during the season next year. He's got a career 1156 whip, a 289 ERA. Last year, he had a 1162 whip and a 24 ERA. He put up 2.6 war in his age 37 season. The guy is a baller. Go look at the reference page, people. This guy, it just goes and gets the job done. And for them to get him on the one year, I think it's one year 11 or something like that. It is incredible. And and this is another one of those signings. Like, was anybody else paying attention? Or was he just like, dude, I'm going to the Mets because we got a shot here. I don't know which it is, but he's uh, he's going to be one of these guys who like every offseason, like, what? He's still doing it. Oh, look at those numbers. Oh, my gosh. We should have signed him. That's how I feel about David Robinson. Yeah, there was a... One reliever jumped out to me, and D-Rob's awesome, man. I, I mean, I've, I've got too many Yankees emotions with him, and I, I think he's I think his stuff is still good, and I think he can trick you. Like, I think he's got all, all the veteran moves. He's got the moxie. We saw it during some of those playoff games, like, Oh, you saw him in a towel in spring training too, yeah. didn't you? I, Roped bo- up. The body still has it, people. <laughs> um, man, this one was funky because I, and and again, I think relievers are so tricky because I keep seeing Erod's a hundred million, and he was awesome this year, and I hope he lives up to that contract. But it is also really tough as a reliever to do it. I remember when Rafael Montero's contract hit. Remember the. The Astros kind of didn't have a GM, and it was like, what's going on here? They only hired a guy this past weekend. Clicks out and cranes the GM, I guess, and we're, you know, normally that's kind of a scary thing in in sports. Rafael Montero, by the end of this playoffs, was as good of a reliever in baseball. Like, he was, he was, he was unhittable. Like, the, the guy was, he looked like an alien on the mound. And he got three for 34 and a half. And I think we all kind of sat there and were like, all right, that seems like a big number. And the Astros, they don't have a GM. So is that just the owner operating alone? Like, what the hell is that? Remember, we heard there were Bagwell rumors. Like, he was, people were wondering if Jack, Jeff Bagwell was like shadow GMing hmm. the Astros. Um, Rafael Montero's three for 34 and a half next to Kenley Jansen's. Two for 32. You get one year, an extra year of Rafael Montero for basically the same price. I don't know. I just thought it was funny to see those numbers on paper. Um, Cause I think relievers end up being a little bit of a crapshoot anyways, but seeing them lined up like that, I don't know. It was an interesting perspective. You ever seen Aladdin? Yeah. Hell yeah. Jafar has got that staff and he hypnotizes people sure. and they do what he wants them to do. Their eyes start to go on the, the spiral circle. It, it feels like the Astros do that to their players. Mm. Like if you're going to sign back here and we're going to be the best team in the American league and we're going to be in the ALCS and everything is good and it's Texas. So you have no state income tax. Please come play with us. Boom. Everyone wants to sign there. I'm I'm wearing their colors right now. Wow. Wow. Look at this. Hold on. You guys didn't see this. Ooh. Whoa. Ooh, Trevor Plouffe and the Yankees. ALCS matchup? Yeah. Might as well. Usually works out for the Yanks. 
Bet my twins will be there once they knock the Yanks out. Mm. Before we move on, I hate to do this, but but Trev, do you do you know your numbers off David Robertson off the top of your head? Yes, I, I do. Bieber's are not good. It's like fucking O for seventeen with like fifteen Ks. Yes, I know. O for nine, seven Ks, two ground outs. Mm. It's he's fucking tough to hit. What do you want me to say? He's good. That's uh the ball looks like it's gonna skip off the ground and it ends up at your kneecaps. Guess I'm, I'm and not. then he bangs a freaking hammer at you and it lands about five feet in front of the plate and you swing at it. Guess I'm I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. Um <laughs> looking at some life side life size Aladdin Jafar um staffs. Kind of badass. Kind of need <laughs> you one. Might be needing one of those. And by the way, you know, Houston, their whole thing was kind of improving on the margins. Bring in like a hypnotized guy when you're doing contracts. I don't oh know. Oh my gosh. They're like playing some like white noise and like from the speakers, and all of a sudden you just put your pen to the paper. You, just, you don't even know what you're doing. <laughs> the spoon starts twirling in the teacup, and you're just signing. If I sign with the Houston Astros, as you know, part of their front office, you know, I got hypnotized by Jafar. Okay. Because I have no plans on being in a front office, but if one day they just name me like the president or something, you'll know what happened. Okay. Got tricked. Well, let's try something else. Um, we want to do, as Trev mentioned earlier, we, we're on AMP. We do the show live on AMP, and the chat goes on there. Uh, Amp with Amazon, if you guys haven't downloaded the Amp. Baseball Today on there. Um, and Trev, I know, you know, I like to be real with the people. I remember you were a little nervous for Amp and the people, but you love it. Um, oh, yeah. And with, I'm in on it. With, uh, with talking about some of the signings, <laughs> I originally said let's do best and worst signings, and then I realized, and BBD also pointed out, uh, that that would be shitting on someone. Um, which that's kind of not our game. So uh, I think we're going to open it up to the AMP people. You get like 30 seconds to get your question across. We got to cut you off because of the technology, and we'll react to some, and we'll, we'll see how it goes. Hello. You. I'm going to make it super quick. Uh, these are four teams that were trending upwards, but suddenly have are in the downtrend. I'm going to ask you just tell me, rank them least the most amount of trouble as a team. Uh, White Sox, Giants, Brewers, and Tigers. All supposed to be trending up, but seem to have, especially after this offseason, be trending down a little. So I was just hoping you could rank them as in concern levels for all four of them. Okay, nice. I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll start this one off. Please. I like the question, Faye. Always making us think, our Bitcoin billionaire. Uh, I'm going to rank them in like teams I think are like least amount of worry. I'm going to go number one, Brewers. Uh, I know there were some areas to address. Uh, they did make some trades. Uh, they brought in Winker. They brought in Toro, hoping for bounce back years from them. They still have the elite pitching. So I think that they're going to just kind of be the Brewers. And I, ho- I hope they make more moves. I, I still think there's the window here. Uh, so I think they're doing all right. Um, and then I would say the White Sox. I know you graded their offseason as your worst, Jake. Um, the Athletic came out with an article ranking all yeah. the offseasons, and you and I did well according to them because I think the Red Sox were like third to last. You had the last team, and then John completely missed on the Angels. 
Although he had his reasons. Hey, and maybe maybe he's very much right. Yeah. Um, so I will go Brewers, uh, White Sox, because I still think there's a lot of talent on that roster. They did get rid of Tony La Russa, which was well, – it'll go down as one of the most glaring, obvious mistakes uh, in that organization. Maybe their history. Like, that was just a bad – that was just didn't work, okay? Uh, so I'll go them because just the talent's there on the roster still. Um, then after that, it was the Tigers and who? Uh, the Tigers. Sorry, I have it clicked away. White, White Sox. Sox. Giants, Brewers, Tigers. Okay. I, I think the Giants made a bunch of good uh, signings also uh, in the offseason. I know they missed out on Judge. Uh, they were after somebody else too. Who were they after? Correa. They were Correa, that's right. So two massive names they were after. Didn't get those guys. But you can't fault an organization. If they went out and tried, that's all you can do. The player makes the decision. So um, I'll go Giants three and then four, the Tigers. I think this rebuild um, has just not worked out for them. And so many times we talk about these rebuilds and all these prospects and draft picks coming up to save your team. Sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it does work. The Astros. Did it. The Cubs did it. But there are times, man, and you can look across the league for more examples of this. The guys that you think are going to be the saviors of your team just don't cut at the big league level. I'm not saying that's the it's the end for the Tigers, but there's some injuries there and some guys that have kind of underperformed. Um, looking for a bounce back year for Spencer Torkelson, but I think they're probably at the bottom of the barrel there right now. Yeah, I have I have one flip flop. I, I think I'm also Brewers the least. Um, they had a fun, they had a fun little retool, man. Like William Contreras and Jesse Winker, you know, they now have a, a top five, six in their lineup that I I feel like we don't normally say that with the brew crew. So I'm, I'm interested to see how that develops. Um, you know, you need Winker to bounce back. You need William Contreras to almost take a, another baby step up. But for a lot of the teams and their concerns, like, compared to a lot of other teams around the league, what they need to go right, that's not a big ask. Like, Je- Jesse Winker can do that. William Contreras can easily do that. So, um, Brewers are my least concerned. And the division ties in, too, right? Like, you know, St. Louis made, uh, you know, they signed Contreras themselves. Um, and they're a good franchise. They're going to be there. You know that. The Cubs are a wild card. I think the Pirates are going to be better. But what is that? Uh, and the Reds are bad. So, like, wh- where the Brewers are standing, you're still feeling pretty good. They got a couple young guys who are going to play this year, and if, you know, if a Garrett Mitchell clicks or, or Urias takes the jump, um, they're going to be sitting fine. Um, I would flip-flop the White Sox in San Francisco. Um, I think San Francisco believes in their organization and what they're doing. Um you know, 500 for them last year ended up being like a very disappointing season, which sometimes when you look at that roster, it still doesn't add up, especially with the Dodgers and the Padres. I think they're going to be better than last year. Um, we'll find out, I, I guess. But I, I think they believe in what they're doing as an organization, and e- I still think this year will be a building block for what, what the San Francisco Giants are. And they're going to be positioned next free agency to make a big splash. They're probably going to be in Otani. I'm not saying he's going to go there. There's going to be a lot of teams. But 
you know, they were willing to throw around $300 million contracts this offseason, which not a lot of teams in baseball can do that. So if they can still build this year, whatever that means, they're going to be positioned great for the next year. The White Sox scare me. Um, you, you love their talent more than San Francisco, but I think Minnesota took a step up, and Cleveland Sneaky is going to take a step up with their young guys getting older. Um, they signed Josh Bell, which that, that had kind of been a, a hole in their lineup. You believe in what they are as an organization. Um, and then Detroit, I mean, they are kind of in the abyss, man. Like, they, uh, whoo, I hope they find something this year because right now, I, they, they, they played their hand. Like, we've, we've already done their TPP, so I, I know we don't want to give away too, too much, but, you know, their, their next poker hand is Riley Green, it's Torkelson, it's some of the young guys around that. Javi Paez, they gave a big boy contract to. Um, you know, let's see. I, I, I hope there's something we're missing with the Tigers org, but right now it's uh, scary. I'd agree. I think, you know, Riley Green, going to be a guy. Torkelson, I think, will figure it out. He's got too much talent not to, but, you know, sometimes the big leagues punches you in the mouth, bro. And you got to figure out a way to to figure out the lead. <clears throat> Whoa, almost choked on something. Okay. But, you know, I think you could flip-flop Giants and, and White Sox. I'm, I'm fine with that. I think that um, <clears throat> the White Sox talent is, is too much for me to overlook. I'm looking at the Giants lineup right now, and just it's tough to envision a season where that lineup is going to do enough to put you in the postseason. It's a hodgepodge, isn't it? Let's do Let's do one more call. One more. One more call coming from win.c. Send an invite. Crushing Crushing this episode. episode. Mm. Mm. Oh, there we go. Hey, guys. This is uh, Win from Atlanta. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Just wanted to hear kind of what your thoughts are on the Shohei sweepstakes for next year. Mm. Now that the Dodgers have had a quiet offseason, maybe they're saving up for that deal. And then you've always got Steve Cohen trying to swoop in and spend another $500 million. So just kind of wanted to hear your thoughts on potential landing spots. Thank you. Trev, your guy. I've said this before on the show. I'm going to do everything in my power to get the Shohei Otani scoop. Like if there is, mm. I, I believe he becomes a free agent. I don't think there's going to be some extension with the Angels. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't have any inside info on there. That's just my gut feeling. I think he wants to test free agency. I think he wants to be wined and dined. I think he wants to pick somewhere that he thinks he's going to give him a chance to win a World Series, to play on that big freaking stage can you imagine man i gotta see shohei in the playoffs i got to mm. with that being said i think there are a couple of clear you know spots for him i think the dodgers are lining themselves up to go and get him they were trying to get under uh, the tax threshold they're not going to be able to do that um according to many articles that i've read but i don't think that's going to deter them from going after otani clearly he's a huge target uh, we just mentioned the giants as being you know they have money to spend 
and they want to be a fixture in the Bay Area. I mean, they there's some teams there, you know, like trying to get on the Golden State Warriors. I mean, they, they've been good for a long time. They have superstars. Uh, the Niners are consistently a good football team. And the Giants, you know, they've had their moments. Uh, but I, I think that they want to shine like those other teams uh, in those respective sports. I think Giants are there. It's It seems to me like the big markets are going to win out unless we see something like, uh, I mean, I'm not saying the Padres. I don't think the Padres can do it, but who knows? I guess you can't count them out after what Sidler's been doing down there. But it seems to me like a, a big market is going to win out. So you can put both New York teams on that list. I think it would be iconic if he went to the Yankees. And I know people hate when I say that. Um, but, I mean, something about Shohei and Pinstripes would be pretty fascinating. If I had to give my guess and, um, like, rank, I guess, the teams I thought he was going to go to, I think the Dodgers are at the forefront. So I think they really, really want him. And that's a uh, – I know every team really, really wants Shohei, but I think that they understand not only what he can give on the field, but what he means to their brand um, as well. Like, if you're going to have Shohei around for the next whatever it is, eight to ten years, you understand what that means for you and your organization. So I think they're going to be at the forefront. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if, like I said, he just got wined and dined. We heard a, we heard every team's in on him, because why not? Trev, when we get asked to do the movie of the Shohei Otani signing sweepstakes, maybe the most important guy in all of these rooms are going to be the team's CFO. Because... When you start to put the numbers in the blender, okay, we're going to sell X many more tickets, which means X many more hot dogs and X many more beers, sure. We're going to sell X many more jerseys. We're going to become a huge market in Japan. Otani is a guy over there, man. Like, I, I remember we watched the, um, what's the name of the documentary of the, the Japanese? Koshian. Koshian. We watched that, and there was this, uh, and I mean, if this is my point of reference, ridiculous, but I think it was his old coach, or, it, you know, he was kind of this ornery old Japanese baseball guy that, like, they were asking, they're like, you think Shohei will be good? <laughs> and he just, like, laughed. He's like, Shohei's going to be so good. Like, this dude's, this dude's different. If you're the Yankees, Mets, and Dodgers, I think the financial equation I think if you have the right CFO and you can crunch numbers going in, numbers going out, I think for the big market teams, it's going to mean more to them to have an actual international superstar. I Mentally, I've been leaning Dodgers. I mean, didn't the Mets just offer Correa three and Uncle Steve doesn't give a shit? And yeah. Otani... <laughs> Like, I don't know. I, in my head, it's Mets, Yankees, and Dodgers, and maybe that's as coastal bias as I'll get. People are going to hate that you just said that. I'm going to give a team that's not – well, it is. It's on the coast. So. <laughs> okay. Shit, it is on the coast. Very much so on the coast. Uh, I think the Seattle Mariners might be in play. Uh, he did meet with them before he signed his deal with the Angels. Ichiro um, effect a little bit. The Ichiro effect there, I think West Coast might be appealing to him, although I don't think it matters. I think he's going to go where he thinks uh, a winner is. And look, Seattle, 
they're there. So that's uh, I think that's if you're asking me like for a, a dark horse or you know a wild card type team to come in and do it, I think the Mariners might uh, throw their hat in the ring. And they're owned. They used to be owned by Nintendo. They they sold to a guy named John Stanton. I'm kind of reading up on this guy. He's like brilliant. Now I don't know like his background necessarily. He did go to Harvard. He like was on the board of Costco and Microsoft. Which I think is those are two pretty big companies. He owns favorites. like a ton of money in Columbia Sportswear. Like this guy's kind of like all over the place. He picks winners. Like mm. Shohei's a winner. I like it. They uh, I'm reading an article article from Covers.com, which apparently is a sports betting website. Um, they had Mets one, Dodgers two, Cardinals three. Um. Which I don't know. I mean, that's a superstar town, but I, I, I guess if we're trying to list options that maybe don't jump out as as those ones. And by the way, like I'm tr- of recent free agencies, it hasn't been as West Coast East Coast as I think we normally depict. Like it, well, or the main players like big market, Bryce Harper market. and Machado. Right? Like, that was going to be Yankees-Dodgers, and then it ended up being Phillies-Padres. Like, I, I think we've seen a lot of big free agents recently. The board is more open. Shohei's going to... Shohei's going to break the bank. That's going to be awesome. This trade deadline's going to be awesome. I don't want him on the Yankees. I don't. Okay. That's you just fair. talked I yourself don't. out of it. I'm out. You said iconic a second ago. I mean, it would be, and especially with those pinstripes, he's already so tall. Like he would just look like a monster out Babe there. Babe Ruth, Otani, yeah. He's so much better than Babe Ruth. It's not even funny. <laughs> oh my gosh, people! Well, hey, how about this? Have Shohei Otani have Babe Ruth's diet for a month, and let me know how good Shohei is. Give if Shohei goes there, I want them to give him number three. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like two and a half so he can be between Jeter and Ruth. What? Yeah. Decimal That's That's the show. All right. Thanks, everybody. We love two you. Two and a half. Try it out. Try it out.